0: to all the lovers out there. This is the How to Love a Human podcast moderated by Dr. Candace Nicole Hargons. Follow and come chat it up some more with us on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Candice Nicole and on our website DrCandiceNicole.com. You will find those links in our description box. Today, the How to Love a Human podcast welcomes victory to the space.
1: So sit back, And join us along this journey on how to love a human. Hey, everyone, welcome back to How to Love a Human, a Liberation Podcast. And today I'm with Victory. Hey, Victory. Hey Dr. Candice, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Go ahead and sing that song. I heard the tone coming in. Uh, <laughs> hi, uh. Listen, come on with these <laughs> vocals. Already it's gonna be an event.
0: <laughs> you already know. I'm trying to bring the energy tonight. I'm feeling good.
1: Good. That's what I was gonna ask you. How are you feeling? I know that you're in final season, but what's the mood? What's the vibe?
0: It's okay because I'm a double major, but, like, my majors are things that I actually enjoy. Um, mm. I'm not, like, a STEM major where, like, you got to suffer for, like, the first two three years before you actually, you know, get things that you care about. So, you know, I'm doing quite fine. My finals are just things that I were going to do in real life anyway, like, write press releases or, like, you know, vocab, vocab quizzes in Spanish and things like such as. Like, I already know how to do that, so it's
1: fine. Okay, come on, multilingual, let's do it. <laughs> so, I'm going to start with my... First question Are you feeling human or human as fuck? Human AF.
0: I was wondering because I read that question and I was like, hmm. So I like have to define what AF you get means. You need to
1: define it for yourself.
0: Okay. So hmm. human AF to me would be like, I'm living in. What I feel to be my truth and my purpose, you know. I'm doing things and they feel right when I do the making mm. decisions that align with not only my politics, but also just the way that I feel, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, I do think so. You know, I got here on time. Okay. Oh, An achievement yeah. for me. <laughs> right. I, you know, I got here, I made my decision, I took my fine, I woke up early, okay, Ooh. got 11 hours of sleep last night. Who Thriving. am I? Who am I? <laughs> A person I'm thriving
1: in this world. <laughs> getting up yes. early, getting to things on time. is at In December of 2020, it's, it's very tough to do those things. With this right. lack of vitamin D outside?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling human AF today. I'm going to say it.
1: Nice, yeah. nice. And what you noted was that like there's an emotional component to it that makes the difference between being human and human AF. And you shared it in a way where it was like, you get to use your emotions to help inform your decisions as opposed to perhaps pretending like they don't exist oh
0: let me tell you something i'm a very i'm not gonna say i'm plan a right or i'm I'm, excuse me i'm not gonna say i'm type a like in Mm -hmm. terms of personality but um i'm very much a type b sort of person but i'm very plan a when it comes to planning in general like i'm very proactive so like I'm a person that can easily get very lost in, what is it called, analysis paralysis when you yeah. think about something too much before you actually even try and do it. So, like, um, I've for a long time now like Maybe three, four years I've, like, sort of centered This, like, feeling things mm-hmm. first Before mm-hmm. I make the decision Because something can logically make sense And, like, mm-hmm. as an adult You have to incorporate the logic But, like, I could also just feel Awful doing it And that's how I know It's not really a lot with me What I'm supposed to be doing Because my truth was I'm a Christian You know, I identify with Christianity So, you know, I call it spirit Because, you know, some people call it gut You know, some people call it, like Oh, a voice told me blah, blah, blah. Visions and things like such as You know, I just think it's spirit You know, I get a feeling in my chest I'm just like, mm. you're not supposed to be here. I did. You know,
1: it's because life is so much more. Right. You're, you're hitting on something right now, because when you think <laughs> about how most of us are socialized out of our feeling, out of our sense of spirit, connection with spirit. And we stop using that to help inform our decisions. You can end up way, way, way over somewhere where you do not need to be and don't even want to be. But you think you're doing it out of duty or because you're supposed to be doing it. So it's important because that's one of our earlier senses of knowing before we even have language.
0: That intuitive sense. And it'll get Mm -hmm. you right every time. It's actually I've been in that situation a couple of times where I have made a decision where I was like, oh, this would feel better. But like. In fact, I'm coming up on, oh, that's so funny. I'm actually coming up on one of those right now and I have to make that decision. I think I made it as well. But the decision, right, was to apply for this scholarship. It's called the Boren Scholarship mm-hmm. from, um, uh, you know, multilingual people out there, just people that want to work in foreign service, right? The Boren Scholarship is basically the scholarship where you're allowed to go and study a language abroad, right? Ooh, nice. Um However, one of the conditions for this scholarship is a year of service to the US government. And it's not like military service or anything, but it's like working for the government in some mm-hmm. capacity, like in any like sort of governmental branch in your state, any sort of off offshoot of a branch as well, right? And I was like, do I want to be a foreign service officer? Mm. No. <laughs> do i want to be a diplomat no i cannot handle being fake for more than a smooth like maybe hour and a half before i just like start losing my mind so no absolutely not um i i believe in the concept of like all humans performing on a daily basis as mm-hmm. we do but like at that specific performance is a little too rigorous and complex for me to be doing every day like every day yeah, for five, a whole five, calendar five, year five, Child, like, I really know. So, um, I was like, do I even want to enter that space or I have to like coach all the time? And I was like, no. And you know, if there was like a space where I wouldn't have to do that in that space somehow, I still wouldn't want to work for the United States government. So I was like, yeah. Even though I know people are like, oh, that's a good government job. And, you know, <laughs> the, the health care and the benefits will be hidden. It's just...
1: What about it feels like a no for you? Because I think that's in alignment with a lot of people. Like, no, I don't actually want to work for the government. But what makes that so for you?
0: Well, one, I identify as a black feminist. So there's that. Um, I've made a video about this. You know, it's more of just like that. <laughs> How do I even put this into... like? Serving the same state that oppresses you is, like, already dichotomous, right? Yeah. And we already have the double consciousness, like Webb Du Bois said. So, like, on top of that, and you're serving, the, like, it's, a, it's too much of a circle for me. I don't like that. And also, I don't even plan, Oh, do, do I want to release that information? Let's just say I'm thinking about hashtag Project Exodus a lot. Okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, it could be. It could if be on the you horizon. Know, you, know. Right. you know,
1: you know. Right. you know, you know. So what are your most salient identities that can be anything from race, class, gender, like any of those like more commonly known ones, but it can also be like ability status or like some aspect of identity that most people don't talk about, but that's salient to you.
0: Okay, so a couple of things for me. I'm going to start out with this one specifically because a lot of people don't include this one in the conversations and I feel like Mm -hmm. it's actually a very important one class I am of low socioeconomic class I am not middle class I am nowhere near middle class and I'm well below the poverty line so like there are I don't know but like there's so many intersections between all the other things that just don't get acknowledged Mm -hmm. like when specifically in like the terms of class and it's so important to the conversation so I'm going to start with that Um, and then two of course I'm an egrizoid my favorite (laughs) word Um, I am very much black as you can see hello skin glistening melanin
1: glistening
0: yes um uh, i I obviously as you can tell don't probably um, embody what many would consider to be traditional masculine ideals (laughs) um what like hmm. in terms of ability status i will say i'm privileged you know Mm -hmm. i live in a house my family was able um to you know afford a house uh I have a car, you know. I go to university. I'm on a full ride to university. Um,
1: So how do you you operationalize low SES? Like, what does that mean for you? What's SES? Socioeconomic status. So, like, class.
0: That's a very interesting question because I've Mm -hmm. actually been asking myself that same question for a long time. And what I think I've narrowed it down to is, like, a balancing of a couple of things. Mm -hmm. So, for one, it's, like, do you have one to two streams of income that pay all of your bills and that you can save money from? If you mm. don't, I don't classify you as middle class. Um, and also the balancing of if an emergency expense were to happen right now, would you, emergency, let's just say emergency 500 to $1,000 expense happen right now. Would you be able to pay for that without really batting an eye? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, I, <laughs> and I just don't, no. So, <laughs> um, you know, luckily, but I will say another privilege I've had is to be able to, you know, have an emergency fund now because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a student, I have a job, and I'm not paying for university. So, like, nice. I can save money now, but <laughs> that's never been our reality. And I still make, like, well below $25,000. So, so, like, it's not even as a familial unit. Yeah. You know, so, very much not.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I ask that because... Some people put education into it. So if you're a person pursuing a certain type of education, they're like, oh, you're approaching middle class. And everybody defines it differently. That's why it was important for me to help unpack that. Because it's like your financial experience can really be one of those things that not only says this is what I can afford, but also this is the social capital I had access to.
0: That is so interesting. Because I'm reading Thick by Trusty McMillan Cotton right
1: now. I haven't read that. How is it? It's so good.
0: Okay, and I just read the chapter about where she mentioned something about the performance aspect. And I kind of, like, when I read it in the book, I was like, oh, this is a great, you know, mindset to judge lifestyle inflation by. Like, are you now making purchases to perform a certain Mm. identity of class? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's another sort of thing to add to that sort of balancing that I was talking about earlier. Because people don't got the privilege, you know, adding things to, like... Try and see middle class in the black community specifically. You know, especially with black women, there's like sort of like a sort of decorum. Like mm-hmm. I say, a lot of respectability politics in line with that as well. That like maybe could be considered like Trump, like like you said, performing middle classness. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't think. I don't. I don't.
1: Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: Like that. That a whole the concept of approaching middle class to me is like, why exactly? Why exactly are we talking about it like it's like that? Because it, really? I know it's socioeconomic, but really it's only economic. So the fact that you're making it as so, like a social economic thing, uh, or that, or that like people when they're in conversation like make it into a social and economic thing at yes. the same time is interesting to me. And it's like tentative lifestyle inflation, which I plan to try my hardest to fix.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I ask, I think about the social component because I'm like, okay. What if I'm a graduate student? That means I've got access to all this information, all of this literature body, all of these people who might, who may or may not be actually middle class that my family of origin will never have access to unless mm-hmm. I provide it as the bridge. You know what I mean? And so there's like this, tra- for me, I feel like I have transitioned class from working class to middle class along the journey of academia. And... It's a wild ride. It's a ride.
0: (laughs) So I feel like what we're talking about is like the difference between a mindset and the actual economic status. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in terms of, you know, social, people can assume. A lot of times people assume that I am lower to middle class. Lower to middle, middle class, right? Okay. Just just because of the way, apparently, I dress preppy, or like I I wear a lot of earth tones. So, like, people assume for some reason that I'm like lower, middle to middle, middle class, but I'm really not. So, there's, once again, going back to the performance. So in terms of socially, I suppose I would, like people have classified me as middle-class when I step out of my house, but in but reality, I'm just me like get the experience. rest of books. Yeah. Um, so like, no, and also economically, absolutely not. So it just, that's not my, It's not my life.
1: And you also added about gender performance. So for using this lens of performance, you said, well, I don't perform gender in stereotypical masculine ways. What would you say is your expression of gender? How does that show up for you?
0: I believe in the balancing of quote-unquote masculine and feminine energy. We really only use those terms because we don't have better words. Thank you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) What words
1: would you use if you were just coining terms because you have that power? Because I think about
0: it all the time and I genuinely don't know how else to do it because my mind, like the way that I've been raised is just so binary. Like I just don't have any other way to talk about it. So like i would say i'm just i am that i am that's a good thing yeah. <laughs> i mm-hmm. simply am the i am that i am i don't know how really how else to describe it but i can tell when i'm acting like myself and i can tell when i'm trying to perform Ooh. so sometimes you know um i am like feeling like a man you know mm-hmm. i've had a i've had that conversation um it's gender affirming it yeah. feels like such as Um, but you know also sometimes you know we perform the femininity as well because it's funny and women have good things to offer as well i think there's a there's a demonization of the femininity as we like describe it in popular culture and just also feminine energy sort of when it's not by a a person that gen like identifies as a woman in gender as well like you know some of that should be funny like i'll be using um the the quote unquote women's words or whatever like period <laughs> and like girl yes and so,
1: people be so mad Boy, about
0: it. it's okay they're, they're just their words and words are so told,
1: disruptive to their whole worldview that they feel like you're responsible for resolving their cognitive dissonance
0: it's really not my job and i made not. it very clear and i made it very clear as well i like you know <laughs> set the boundary in the sand yeah. Like? Yeah. so um when it comes to gender performance and i made um, when i started making my channel um, i made a lot of videos about just rooting your masculinity in black feminist politic and mm. the benefits
1: of that give I me give me a solid benefit because i'm about to certainly have yes. all your videos connected but give me the one yes. that's like yes be healthier
0: Thank literally you. That's just all, like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I remember this is, let me give you a good example. A lot of the, I do, I do meditations now, mm-hmm. right? Same. Before, like, I didn't do them, but then there was this video I stumbled upon called, um, by Evelyn from the internet, it's called yeah. uh, Meditation for Stressed Out Black Girls. The video was marketed towards girls but i watched that video all the time and there was another one for stressed out black women i watched that stuff all the time and it literally just makes me feel better in my body yeah. so i'm a I man I'm, I'm still watching the video though because like things like this culture withholds i don't want to say softness because i feel like there's a better word for that they, they withhold like mm. emotional mental care that isn't yeah. Well, yes, also healthcare, but just you no know, day-to-day things that would allow you to just feel better in the moment are so withheld from men as a normal practice that you have oh. to like practice them in private. Like even now, like it sort of feels weird to talk about the fact like oh, you're watching these meditation videos for that for women and stuff. Like oh, that's for that's like girl stuff. You know what I mean? And if it makes me feel better, it makes me feel better. Honestly, so that's just something that I have to talk myself through a lot. Like even if it's not like in front of mine, it's like always like a little mm-hmm. exc running in the back of my Head, like oh this is for girls i'm
1: watching anyway type of thing i love so that awesome. piece about the meditation the health that's withheld from men who i guess they fear have been socialized out of have been prevented from it could be any number of things accessing the full spectrum of humanity which includes femininity and masculinity and androgyny you know and so it's like if you were thinking it through with other men or with men and people who identify as men, what do you think you would say to be like, hey, don't you want to be healthy? Like, what would be the message there? (laughs) Don't you enjoy health?
0: Well, yes. But also, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you have to be... You don't necessarily have to come from a religious or spiritual background or anything, but you just have to be connected to something. Like, when you... Because for me, it's more of like a feeling thing,
1: yeah.
0: right? Like, do you feel good in your body when you're stressed out and you look at meditation or something like deep breathing or, you know, tapping exercise? Or just things to calm you down as feminine? Like, does that make you feel better? No. It makes you feel worse. So, like, why would you not do it anyway? Mm. Like, even if it was created for somebody else, if something was, like saving parts of your day of your life why would yeah. you not do it anyway yes if well, there I'm is food, let that message
1: stand right there but
0: now like that and i like this metaphor it's like if there's food and you're starving why would you not eat it and it's just hmm. sitting there you know so feminine mean, food <laughs> feminine food yeah it's it's like i don't want to eat feminine food i would rather starve which is like that's so unhealthy
1: yeah
0: and we need to interact with how unhealthy that is Why is that? Who told you that? That's a question I ask a lot. Whenever someone, like, whenever specifically, like, little boys as well tell me, like, oh, no, I can't do that because that's for girls. I'm like, who told you that? Why? What did I usually say? Like, my cousin wanted to play with, like, a a little um, Tinkerbell wand or whatever because it, like, when you put it up to the light, it, like, reflects light in, like, a thousand directions or whatever, and he thought it was cool. It is cool. He was, like, he picked it up and he was like, but I can't play with this. It's for girls. And I was like, who told you that? And what was the reason they provided for that? It's a wand. Play with the wand if you want to in Brazil. Like, it's just so yeah. deeply entrenched into the minds, and I had to work through it for so long to even be in the place where I'm at right now. And to it really even gets on my nerves, especially when I see little boys. Yeah. It's like, bro, it's not that serious. No one cares. And the other thing is, in the real world, no one cares. When you grow up, they're not going to be over here policing your gender for you, unless you are policing yourself most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's only like in incidents where like, oh, someone yeah. might say something about your gender performance and like, oh, that's something girly, blah, blah, blah. But you can just ignore that. My thing is like when it comes to policing yourself, because that's been a big thing for me mm-hmm. specifically that I've had to work through because I've always been someone that um, other people identified uh, using the phrase too much. Oh. So that led me to like being, so like kind of sort of policing myself a little bit whenever I felt like I was, you know, being too energetic or being too this or too that. But as I mentioned in one of my videos, once again, like, hey, am I really being too much or just being too little? Have you just been socialized out of all of the energy that you used to have Ooh. as a person? So now you acting like me, still existing within all of my energy, is bad when you're either one jealous too resentful but three just mad that you can't get yours back
1: yes
0: what's the what's the real what's the real it's you know resentment
1: it is resentment like wow you over here with all that energy and i am fatigued because i have been upholding an oppressive performance for so long that i can't even access the energy
0: i'm too likely to do that all the time <laughs> 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 like i very much identify baby it would be maybe it'd be different if i was whitewashed but that's a whole nother sort of struggling but what i'm very what does black mean to you being bl- like i should say identifying with blackness mm-hmm. because as a nigerian immigrant sort of person you know i'm first generation just people that are sort of not a, a descendant from slaves right yeah. specifically they there's a lot of the time that this perceived option, which is not really an option, but you know, a lot of people utilize it anyway, of divorcing yourself from blackness in this country the way yeah. that it, for specifically for American black people. Um, and just hanging out on your side, like the I know Black like Dominican type thing, or the you know, I sien or pop pa nick, you know, I'm with <laughs> Haitians as well. It's just like it's there's a, there's ideology that they think they can just not be black. But I very clearly identify with also my Nigerianness and all of my American blackness as well because that's the way I was raised. Um And you don't get to divorce my cultures from each other for me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, ha- that's so many people. I don't understand what the incessant need is. There was a group chat. I remember that someone made a whole group chat and like you put me in it. And then they were talking about like whether or not like... um people that are first generation should be able to use the n-word or like something like and it was just so what is this incessant need to police other people's cultures yeah like first of all i don't need to prove who i am because i i simply exist as as it um and two do you not have something better to do no and it was black people too so i was like and i first, was
1: really always wondering what people are doing about their business because how do you have time to mind other people's Oh No, because the way I did these
0: classes and y'all just be out here just time
1: all day. I really wonder like, wow, how did you have the time to? Y'all got to be
0: like middle or upper upper middle class (laughs) because there's no, how do y'all have the time to do this? Are you 11
1: or something? (laughs) You're just playing with people's stuff all day. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to switch courses. What does love mean to you? I,
0: I was asked this question recently, and because it's such a complex topic for me, and, you know, if you've read all about love, that's great. But just mm-hmm. to, to quote Toni Morrison, um, and I can't fi- ever find the quote when I want to get it on Google, but it's specifically love is a bench. So for me, mm-hmm. love is action, right? Like being the bench for your partner or with multiple partners if you're into that. To sit on in a time of need, mm. right? And when both of you are in a time of need to be each other's bench and to be able to lean on one another, it is the action, it is the work. For mm. me, love is the work.
1: a um, Big verb love. Because you can
0: care.
1: Yeah. You can care.
0: But are you going to do the work to like actually evolve from the problem and the mm. hardship that you go through
1: what right? does that as, work as look together? Like? You know, A lot of the times,
0: just to go through like a common example, say you're in a relationship um, and it's two people in a relationship and there's a financial hardship going on. You can care for the other person and be like, hey, and assuming one person is making slightly more than the other, Mm -hmm. even though it's still not a lot of money, because that's often what happens. It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, I understand this is a tough time. I care about this but are you going to make the sacrifice though that's the work
1: that's yeah. work
0: that's internal work because a lot of time when you're in a certain socioeconomic position you have this like i can't lose my yeah. money right yeah. like the uh, and that's also external work because it's literally are you going to do the action mm. so and not only is it the internal work that you have to do to make sure that you are okay and that you actually can do the things that you want to do, but it's also the actual act of doing it. Are you going to do the work to make sure that this relationship stays afloat? Like if we out here struggling, you're going to pick up them extra hours at work? You're going to get you a different job that pays you more even though you don't like it? Shout out to um Halise and her husband, Chris. <laughs> are you going to get you a nursing degree when you don't want to be a nurse and you want to be a writer? Are you going to do the work? so that we can maintain being a flow or are you gonna let me drown and we're gonna just drown together right
1: are you gonna let me drown
0: but also then you get into conversations about mental health and things like such as because that's a bit more of a complex situation and you know how you gonna be a bitch when you know you you fall apart but i do think that the baseline structure of that quote is work -hmm. Will you do you have the capacity to? Because that's another thing. Like when you're in a space where you don't have the capacity to do the work, what does that look like? And Mm. are you going to just fight through it? Specifically, like the mental or emotional capacity to do so. And what is the option then? That's an interesting question. But that is uh,
1: because if you don't have the capacity, then you're sitting with the regret or the guilt around not being able to do the work that you know needs to be done. And then how does that person? for whom the work needs to be done also have compassion for the limited capacity of the person that loves them.
0: And also ADHD is a thing. It's very (laughs) real. So like I might not have no internal problems with doing that, but I'm going to forget. So like.
1: (laughs) It wasn't about the person. It was just literally a functional neurodivergence. Like, Oh, I forgot.
0: But you know, there's different ways to work through that as well Mm -hmm. and different solutions
1: Ooh, I'm not going to go down that road. Listen, what would the world be like if it loved you?
0: I think about that question frequently, Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of Alternate Heaven for Black Boys by Danette Smith. That's a a very long poem that I was going to do for my drama presentation, because I'm um, in speech and debate, I
1: was in speech and debate in high school. I was going to do it for uh, dramatic... I hour. can see the impact. I can see the <laughs> impact of, like, a winning speech and debate situation on you. <laughs> yeah. First in the state and in poetic interpretation. Listen, because I hear it. I
0: hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, like I said, it, it was heaven, alternate heaven for Black boys. And the poem, that, that poem is literally the answer to the question. So it, it would be like, oh, here... I believe one of the quotes in the poem was, I whistled and I became a god of whistling.
1: Mm. You know. Or Please give me a little bit. I'm sorry, but the, I feel like this is about to be a poem I need to know. So just give me a little bit. I love that
0: poem. I think it's my favorite one by Dinesh Smith. And that is high praise because Dinesh Smith is so good at writing their poems. Um, like, although they're a mask, like a masculine identifying mm-hmm. person, like they. They explore masculinity so well. Okay. Let me me stop. Somewhere, a sun. Below, boys brown as rye. Play the dozens and ball. Jump in the air and stay there. Mm -hmm. Boys become new moons. Gum dark on all sides. Beg, bruise, blue water to fly. At least tide. At least spit back a father or two. But I won't get started. History knows what it did. Bad dog, bad blood, bad day to be a boy, the color of a July well-spent. But here, not earth, not heaven, boys cannot recall their white shirt turned into a ruby gown. There is no language for officer or law, no color to call white. And this is how we are born. Come morning after we cipher, we feast, we hoop, we dig a new boy from the ground, take him out his tree box, shake worms from his braids, and sometimes they'll sing a trap guide hymn sometimes it's their eyes who lead scanning for bone flesh men in blue and we say congrats you're a boy again mm. we give him a do-rag a bowl and a second chance <laughs> and mm, i'm not gonna get to because the, there's a certain part of this poem that makes me cry and no because i'm like, already yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> they're like there's a the specific quote I'm just going to go for that one Please do because no I'm one. already
1: here with like, The tear is already like, formed It wants to fall
0: <laughs> No need for geography Now that we're safe everywhere <laughs> mm. <laughs> Like Oh and I was after that Like it's a dual quote It starts off if he asks him for a kiss Kiss him if he asks where he is Say gone Because there is no need for geography Now that we are safe everywhere Point to whatever you please and call it church, home, or love. Paradise is a world where everything is a sanctuary and nothing is a gun. Lord, I'm not going to
1: start. No. Listen, because you just put me on to something and I'm about to... (laughs) Put this poem on my son's wall. Like it is beautiful. I had never (laughs) heard of the author, never heard of the poem, and now I have. I'll get you get into
0: the Smith, please. please.
1: Into it. How do you spell that? Typing it in the chat right
0: now. Thank you.
1: Oh my god. I
0: love that person. They are so wonderful, and they have a lot of perform. They also perform their poetry in YouTube videos as well. So okay, yeah, get into that.
1: that go ahead and subscribe and support and all of those things. So oh. that's what the world would be like if it loved you. A beautiful radically imagined world.
0: Where everything is a sanctuary and nothing oh. is a gun.
1: Oh my gosh. Where we don't even need geography? Like what? Mm-hmm. You're safe everywhere. What's the point? Oh. <laughs> you, you that's just... the function of boundary. Like that's the function of territories to provide pseudo safety for people who have means. And so listen, yes, yes. That right there, I have been forever moved by that. I cannot wait to read more of their work. So let me ask you this. What are identities in others you sometimes struggle to love?
0: Mm, I've come a long way. At first, it was femininity, but that's simply because, as I said, I am simply a hood nigga that has read some books. Um, But I feel like I'm in a place where it's not that difficult for me to embrace, quote unquote, feminine things. Now, once again, I just don't have better language. Mm -hmm. Um, What is... Disability... I've been researching disability so much, like the disability spectrum, because I think it's so... In my head before, it was so divorced from the way that I live that -hmm. I couldn't think of a way in which it played into my life. But now I look everywhere and I see it. Yeah. And I'm like.
1: Because you "Mm -hmm." were intentional about looking. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And now it's like, oh, like when you age and like all of these older, all of these older people in the black community talking about pains and like the ability to do these things being tarnished because they, they have pain. And like, I just feel like, oh, they just don't have the language to describe what's happening with them most of the time. So we just say pain. Like mm-hmm. oh this hurts, and when people you know how like 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 people love to discredit black people's pain and like oh like it's really not that serious or like even me where I just like would hear that and I was like oh I've heard that a thousand times before so like it must not be that bad when like yeah. people are like in pain on like chronic some, pain cro- like all of the time and I just think because I have not reached an age um well I don't plan on having chronic well I have not been ever existed in a time in my life where my pain was chronic like yeah. every single day right I've never experienced it and that's on the spectrum of disability so yeah. I was like oh like that's a whole there's a whole connection to even me living my own life there might be a more of a connection in the future right mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. like a yeah just the ability spectrum was a thing where I was like I struggled with that for a while because I was like in my head that didn't have anything to do with me but and it then
1: when you struggle with it, the internalization of it is also like, if you get to a moment where you do experience pain, psychic pain, physical pain, do you treat yourself with compassion because you struggle to love it in others? Fatness. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I work through that. I, work, I That's another thing like femininity where I feel like I've
1: gotten to a point now. But before, do that you was Do think not... femininity gives you access to appreciate fatness in a different way? Or is it just like- how does it work together?
0: Yes, because all of the many of the people that I've loved were fat black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, in a way, and, and then, the world has been
1: trashed to fat black women. We know that.
0: Very much so. But there's such backbones of the community. Like normally when it's the church mother or like the the um the commute this, you know the everybody house in the neighborhood that everybody be going to mm-hmm. it's like oh Miss Barbara or something like that you know what I'm saying she didn't want to cook all the good food and let all the kids come to her house and she got toys and it's my know, grandma you know like, right like, like it's my mother you know, like it's, it's you know <laughs> like it's and it's okay um so I yeah that and also that was a th- another thing that was like internal like whenever I would get above a certain weight I was like oh but I gained like fifty pounds and I was like. I'm okay with this, actually. That's what I knew I was actually okay with it, because, you know, sometimes you'd be like, oh, I booped up. And then, you know, something happened, and you'd be like, oh, no. I feel like I've actually, that's something I've actually, you know, really worked through.
1: Realize you have to revisit it when it's you. And it's like, oh, I thought I was working through this on other people's behalf. But when it's me, now I got to confront. When it's me, yeah. I was listening to your video on elitism and I sent it to, and, and universities and how they function to support elitism. I sent it to my students and I was like, and we're all still working through this. <laughs> very much we so. Bought in, why are we here? If we don't support elitism in one way or another, like why are we at this university right now?
0: Strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, apparently I'm very strategic. Someone told me I had a high SQ, which is like social acumen the other day. And I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. They're like, you're just very good at turning social theory into practicality. Which is interesting.
1: That's a great skill to have. Strategic thinking is an important leadership function. I I like to call it intentionality, but you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, because he was like, I had said something about like, hey, this is how my life has been planned for the next ten years, and if it goes plan, okay, like it's also not gonna plan, but have a very detailed plan, right? And they're just like, why are you planning so far ahead? I didn't even pay you for the type of person plan. I'm just be like, one, well, one, I'm black, um, and I understand <laughs> that in order for a certain opportunity two, I'm also a low student so I understand that in order for there to be an opportunity structure for me to be able to rely on to, you know, support myself and the goals that I have, this is the plan, kind of has to happen, and I have to think about it now. Like I'm a freshman, I'm like I'm a first year sophomore, right? And I'm already thinking about graduate school. And to me, that wasn't strange until I got to a place where I was asking other graduate students, like, hey, how was that? And they were like, why are you asking about this <laughs> in your first year? Um, but yeah, I mean, duh, because I'm probably having a full ride by the time it's time for me to go to graduate school mm-hmm. because I did that. Same thing that happened with undergraduate. I started freshman year high school. And by the time I, uh, you know, I had already been through four courses at my university. <laughs> so my application was processed with a quickness. Yes. <laughs> And the thing
1: is that strategic thinking, that planning, coupled with compassion for when it does have to change or when it must change, just puts you in a puts you in a position where you might want to be.
0: It's the reason why I have some semblance of financial stability currently. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> so, understand
1: that as a survival strategy. If they hadn't had to rely on that.
0: Exactly, and it's always middle class people that ask me that question because they're like, "How would you know?" Because their parents did the planning. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "How does it feel to like just not have to do that?"
1: Like all the structures are put in place because that's what their parents and whatever generation above them did. So somebody had to do it, and maybe you're the first person that's having to implement the whole ten year landscape.
0: First generation, once again.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, are you a first generation generation college student as well
0: yes i'm a first generation university student um well like that that was interesting because the function that that also plays is like because they don't know how to plan they end up doing things that they don't want to do because their parents will plan a life that they a
1: whole life too
0: <laughs> now yeah. you're an insurance agent, babes. You want to be a writer. <laughs> make <it> make <laughs> your big sense, bitch. Sure. you
1: insurance
0: agent. Like, no, that's a I'm whole lawyer. real I'm no
1: whole shame, lawyer. But that was A lawyer.
0: No shade, but that was a real example, by the way. Um, you're an insurance agent, but you want to be a writer, babes. You're a lawyer, but you want to be an artist. But you just didn't know that art business was the thing, so now all of a sudden, and that's, yeah. So I will say that, gives, that does give you a sort of unique advantage, but it also, um makes you have to make adult decisions at a very young age. So,
1: mm-hmm. what a recommend Absolutely. <laughs> and the adult decisions at a young age, the adultification of Black kids in general, we know. As That's
0: a person it. who is an intellectualizer. <laughs> so, we learn in psychology that, you know, intellectualization is the process of turning very traumatic moments or things that actually impact you into just thought material so mm-hmm. that you can get through the material and actually have a productive response. When in actuality, you should really just be able to feel your emotions, work through them, and then continue. But when you don't have that option or else, you know, everything around you crumbles, yeah. like, I'm very much an intellectualizer. So I was like 11, you know what I'm saying? Like, which college am I going to? Oh, like, how am I paying for that? Let's go ahead and start working on that now. Let's um, set up a little structure here. Uh so that way, like when things happen in middle school, and I was like, "Oh, do I want to pursue?" Like, for example, someone I remember. Some people tried to jump me once. I remember that so bad.
1: People be not jump people in middle school.
0: And my thing is, I can fight, so I wasn't scared. Like I can fight. He's like, black you know belts. what it was going to be. Like I have if a black they, belt.
1: If they made a decision, <laughs> you know what it was going to be.
0: I have a black belt in Taekwondo. I
1: will, in fact. right
0: but i was like this school has a zero tolerance policy (laughs) 11 years old right by the way (laughs) i was like "Hmm."
1: (laughs) (laughs) but no why do i have a similar story because this girl wanted to fight me because she you know girls be want to fight like that's that's what it is and you know when you pit certain aesthetics against each other when you reduce black girls to hair color uh, hair texture and skin color like that shows up sometimes and i was like i'm not about to fight you because i'm going to college now mind you i'm 14 15 i was like i'm not fighting her i'm going to college and i have to make that decision here and they put her out of school and who knows what happened to her to this day Because of that, you know what I mean? But I was very, I mean, she, she definitely hit me. Like, it was like, okay, now this is the moment where I have to decide if I'm I'm going to
0: have to look at me like I'm weak in this moment. And then I will show them that I very much, in fact, was strong and will continue to be strong in the future. Or do I retaliate now, which is what I really feel. And risk my future. And, and I'm always going to choose. Future. My
1: future. And because I was what like, what I'm gonna need is a scholarship to college, and this can't be on my record. And so... it's gonna need to be
0: a full one too, because we don't do the halvesies. Listen, the I had to
1: do the halvesies, but it was what it was.
0: It <laughs> is what it is, but me personally, I said I'm getting a
1: full ride to college. So yeah, what me. I'm not gonna do is use these taekwondo skills. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna
0: tap on your pressure points today because I have a life I'm building, right? So I'm just gonna keep it pushing.
1: But you never thought, did you ever think at a certain point? But you can meet me on Third Street.
0: I did I did yeah. once. There was one situation. It won't be on one school one
1: grounds, but
0: there was one situation where that happened, but I went home and I was like unnecessary.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Because what happens when someone shows up with a camera phone and the principal's here?
1: Yeah, you did grow up in the era of camera phones. You're right. Last question. (laughs) What do you love most about you?
0: I open my mouth. Say more. I just... There are so many things that people that look like me, people that don't look like me, go through on a daily basis and something in their body their chemistry the way that they're wired their socialization just makes them close their mouth about things that actually affect them yeah and i just don't do that (laughs) like intrinsically in my body even when i don't want to i just cannot like Mm -hmm. i will open my mouth um and before you know as a black student in the public school system Mm -hmm. that was very problematic for me yeah this, I did a thesis. My my junior IB thesis was about the school-to-prison pipeline, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, I was extra close to that, wasn't I? Like, I was extra close. I was getting four infractions per day. Like, I'm talking about... Just for talking. To, just for talking. Yep. Literally just talking. Yep. Like, sent to the office three times a week. Like...
1: They, I were was so, they were oh, really they was trying
0: desperately, but my scores were too high because I'm a, I've been a reader since I was one year old, right? And that was what saved me because I read too much and I was too smart for them to um, take me out of school. Mm. That's the one thing that saved me. But even people that had average grades, I saw, I've seen it. It was a rat. It was a rat. It was a rat. Um, so, yeah.
1: How does, I, being I was, a, like, how does being a brilliant person map on to this 10-year plan that you described?
0: I mean, to me, I just look at my like, I just, to me, it's just logic, but apparently I have an ISQ, a high SQ. (laughs) So, like, to me, it takes a high level of intelligence and self-awareness to just do the things that make you feel like yourself without... Mm being beholden to the feelings that your body or people around you have socialized your body to feel when Mm. you do certain things. Like, for example, like I said in me, that video, it takes a high level of emotional intelligence to be like, hey, this is socialization, I'm gonna fight against that. But also when it comes to planning, Mm. like specifically, and that kind of like interweaves together, um, one, you have the part of, yes, I am good and worthy enough to be able to pursue that, because why not? Why not? And two, I know that once I put myself in this position, I can learn while I'm doing it. Cause yes. that's the point. Cause how are you supposed to do something when you've never done? It? Yes. <laughs> like it's okay. You don't need to have all of the answers. Like It's like a job application. They don't actually expect you to be able to do everything on a job application. They just want you to be able to do most of the things or mm-hmm. a good portion of the things on the be job Be able to learn how
1: to do the things.
0: Be able to learn how to do those things. And I know um, because I have the ability to learn how to do those things, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel, some people will say that that's brilliant, but to me, that's just having a deep modicum of self-worth. Like, a mm. large modicum of self-worth. And a lot of the times, as Black children, we're often trained out of that for our yeah. own safety. And that's something I talk about in my next video. Shout out to my editor. She's editing that right now. But, you know, just Black people, like, parents a lot use corporal punishment, right? to train that feeling that 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 worth a lot that inherent worthiness a lot of times um people that are of a lower socioeconomic class more more so research research says but just to just make sure that they're safe but really we do things like that to make sure we're safe and then we're not safe anyways so really um it it's it's unnecessary and it also causes a lot of things but as a person who was able to you know kind of Ask because I'm very well I'm a why person, I'm very inquisitive. I asked well, ever since I was a child, that was the one thing that annoyed my mother to know and I remember she talked about that. I'm a why person. And I feel like that's the reason why people regard me as quote unquote brilliant. Because to me, all of the there needs someone needs to do some some Trestan McMillan cotton type research, like the same way she talked about sickness, mm-hmm. someone needs to talk about smartness. Mm-hmm. Because what if it even is this like idea of someone being smart? Because to me, I'm just aware of myself.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's how an I... intelligence,
0: and it is. But like, I think there's a difference between having an intelligence of some sort. Because there's some things I'm not good. at. I'm not a STEM person. <laughs> Would you still say I'm brilliant if I tried to do a math problem in front of you and I bombs? You know, like, like if there's a difference between having an intelligence and being brilliant. Being brilliant is a performance, and I'm like, I don't think I perform brilliance that much. Maybe in like, I like to learn languages, so I learned a lot of them, and I'm still learning a lot of them, or whatever. That's a way, I suppose. But you know, I just talk about myself, and all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, you're so brilliant," and I'm just listen. This is what I see.
1: I'm gonna tell you (laughs) why I use the language because some people have an intelligence. Some people have multiple and multifaceted intelligences in this conversation I've had with you and in the conversation we had before for your other video. And I'm a psychologist, so I assess that. But yeah, but but at a core level, like you noted at least five different intelligences that I can point to. So linguistic intelligence, spatial intelligence, artistic intelligence, and uh, conceptual strategic intelligence, like those, that combination for me is brilliant. When I operationalize it, I'm thinking about how many intelligences have you afforded yourself? Have you, and then the fact that you, in many ways, afforded them for yourself based on educational systems of oppression that try to push you out.
0: So desperately, too. I really was thinking about that. And it was like every single day. I don't know how I existed in that environment for like nine years. from kindergarten I actually hate that
1: you back. had to be that resilient.
0: I hate it too, but also that, that nine years at that black school, predominantly black school, was the most fun I've had in my life. <laughs> I think about that time all of the time because you go to the white environment and, you know the policing you know the guards yeah. standing watching you while you eat your lunch the lack of ability to go outside during day hours there were just so many things when i moved to like this predominant predominantly white environments in general where i was just like if we had this in a black school no one would want to go to the white school because
1: mm-hmm.
0: unless it was for specific once again being strategic about building that opportunity structure but there are a lot of kids that went to my school it was a charter school and it was just like a lot of kids were a little lower, socio it's but There are also a lot of like middle and some upper middle class people Yeah, I'm like, why would they go anywhere else if that was an option and we just weren't constantly being policed all the time and oh. everybody's shape and form and the teachers weren't just so, the teachers are overworked, so I sometimes get the lack of patience, but like imagine if they were, you know, paid decently even like, you know, a regular, you know, middle class salary, (laughs) middle, middle class salary, because all of the work that they do, like, there's just so many different things that I think about now that I'm not in that space. And I just don't think you if you're still in that space, you have the space to even think about that. Because it's just a daily experience.
1: And you appreciate it in a different way now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it's low key. Sometimes I'll be thinking like, I don't want to go I want to go back, but I don't want to go back. If you know yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, yeah. Listen, well, that is how to love a human. Where can people find you? What should they be looking oh. for? What you got coming up?
0: Uh, for one, I have a new YouTube video, probably two dropping this month, actually, just because, um, you know, final season. I am a student. Okay. November, you know. Look at the Patreon if you want updates on what's actually going on behind the scenes. You can what's find me Patreon? at Patreon. Yep, you can find me at patreon.com slash victory the I am victory the creator on Instagram, on TikTok, and also on YouTube in capital letters. Um, So if you want to engage with the work, uh, I make videos centering my black masculine identity, inviting guests on to talk about their specific black identities. Um, we've invited multiple people of color as well to talk about their own viewpoints and backgrounds about certain subjects. It's always a lot of fun. Um, building a masculinity that Solves more problems than it creates Is a mm. large ten- core tenant of my channel So mm. if you like that I have a lot of videos on that Recently it's been more of Making communal conversation right, And making sure that we include a diverse Background of perspectives in the black community That's been like a large tenant of the channel Recently and it's going to be a large tenant of the channel In the next video as well um, So yeah I mm. hope y'all Interact with my work Pay attention, like, follow, subscribe I appreciate it
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yes.